I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. And we have, we have just Eddie. It's Teddy Sauer. Needed to France. Eric Marie. It's Mahe Drysdale. It is Sir Matthew Vincent. Thank you for being here. I'm Alex Del Sordo, Rowers Choice. And this is another round of podcasts. And this one's, uh, this one's pretty freaking cool. Uh, the dude is just coming off of winning a national championship, uh, the IRA. You already know who it is. The name is everywhere. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, this is episode three, season three, and the trend is IRA, IRA coaches. And I got Scott Franzen, and this guy is uber competitive. He's won at almost every possible level you can win at. And there are three really important things that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, and and to, just to give the audience here an understanding of what we're talking about is, What's his competitive nature like? How different is Cal from, you know, the, the early days, the 98, the, 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 when they were dominating to today, when they dominated, I don't know, six months ago. And then one thing that I'm super excited to talk about is the fact that there have only been, in 14 years, there have been three teams to win the IRA. And we're going to get his opinion on that. And then where should rowing go for the future? But before we do that, I asked the same question. So Scott, Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, first, thank, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been fun. So, Scott, I, like I said, I ask this to everybody, and you're in your 40s. I think you just turned 40, right? You're 41 or something. You're generous, thanks. 42. <laughs> 42 years old. So, 42. I want to know how old were you, and where were you when you took that first rowing stroke? Uh, Kelowna, a uh, little town in Canada, Okanagan Lake. Um, I knew I was going to Brentwood for grade 11 or for my junior year of high school, uh, and so I took a one week uh learn to row program uh so took my first strokes on okanagan lake and, and then obviously you know learned to row at brentwood under under tony carr um with uh with six other the 96 brentwood eight that had won everything one henley won won everything uh they all graduated so there were there were six of us um and yeah rode singles and pairs uh to to learn to row with with tony carr wow all right so you know you you, you sort of in rowing years there's a lot of kids today that start at sixth or seventh grade. You clearly started way later. What were you doing before that? Like, what kind of athletics were you doing? Yeah, kind of a mix of everything. And 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 I was talking to my mom yesterday actually about this, and 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 talking about needing to be kind of a generalist uh, until I don't know the age of fourteen or fifteen. Um, I just think people specialize too too early. So I, I mean, I grew up. I was on skates before I could walk. Obviously, Canadian. Uh, so playing hockey, uh, box lacrosse, so lacrosse, but in, in a hockey arena. So you got boards, uh, baseball, soccer, you know, grew up playing it all. Uh, yeah, play, played it all. And, um, you know, had the crushing realization when I was about 12 years old that I wasn't going to go to the NHL uh, and slowly started to find, try to find other sports. Uh, and, and rowing just kind of clicked, um, you know, realized very early on that um, whoever worked harder generally eventually won uh and and that 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 correlation worked with me uh as you have said and we'll talk about it more the my competitive nature uh really was was fostered uh in in rowing and and tony uh, Carr tells the story of you know setting me off ahead because i was the novice scholar and and uh, all these other more experienced scholars would try to catch me and uh very very quickly over the first month or two that started to not happen uh because of you know I, I could I could gut it out and and stay ahead and and that work ethic or or that mindset really um is what pushed me through all all levels all levels of rowing so uh you know I 
you're, you're not you're not you're not super tall, right? I mean, you're you're a standard <laughs> six foot two. It's a nice way yeah. of calling me short, but yeah. yeah well, you're not uh, short. Yeah. I mean, compared to the guys <laughs> that you have in your boat today, I bet the average height is what six four, six five. The average in your boat. Yeah, yeah, that's probably right. And and, and yeah, and you're under that. What I was six one, one seven, one sixty, one seventy. Uh, when I came to Cal, I was six two, one seventy. Um, so I've always been, you know, the small guy uh, or the smaller guy. Um, and, well, let me and- let me jump to let me jump to Cal. So you started in '98, right? So mm-hmm. it's so clear. You're you're a mentor of yours. I'm I'm assuming he's a mentor of yours. You know, Steve Gladstone. Cal was building this. This program was really kicking it up. You're in Canada. I don't even know where where you were in Canada, east or west side. I don't I don't know this the country west. very well. Yeah, you're on the west side. Yeah. So an easy transition for you, really. I mean, you're on the west west side of Canada. Why Cal? Like why why go there in from high school to college? Well, in fairness, I, I wasn't a big recruit. I was 6'2, 170, and you know, a, an amazing ERC score of 643. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love it. Appendix burst my senior year. I'll, I'll say that, you know, <laughs> excuses. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I, I was being recruited to go so- somewhere else. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, and led along the way and was going to go there. And, and, and in, in, in the very last minute, like in March um, that, that fell apart uh, and I didn't really have a backup plan. Um, I had gone on a recruiting trip to Washington and I was too small. Uh, so they weren't, they weren't interested um and really in the last minute uh tony uh car had, had sort of called craig and said hey i, I know this you know, i know the stats aren't there but but you really want this guy um so craig emmerkanyan the, the freshman coach at cal at the time sort of relented eventually and said okay fine you can come to cal um no, you're, but the, was- you're i've interviewed a lot of guys from the cal era yeah. uh and i and i've got to meet them over the years and craig <laughs> is is such an important part yeah. of that squad and no one talks about him they talk about it the bit the people that rode for him and with him he must have been the best recruiter in the damn world yeah what about him uh, did you love like what 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 about him did you love <laughs> i mean craig there's is it's not love hate uh, that's, that's too strong but like craig craig pushes people i mean he he can he can sell he can sell the experience he can sell just how valuable it is um, and, and then I've, you know, once you, once you're there, I've, I've never seen anyone better at rallying a group of young men around a common purpose, uh, than Craig, he he'll tell stories, you know, 10% of it's true, uh, but you love them. And, and, uh, I, I talked to Craig last week and it was, it's the same, you know, Craig, Craig is, is all energy and, and all enthusiasm and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, what now 24 years later or whatever it is, uh, wow. you know, absolutely love the man. Um, definitely made it was the fresh my freshman year was was a challenging one uh it was not like hey great to have you here and you're gonna do really really well it was a yeah you should probably go home this is this is a waste of your time and my time um well you said you said earlier you said you gutted it out right that's that's sort of your mentality and, and I'm imagining you gutted it out did you have um the sophomore slump did you have this like I you know you okay you have a successful freshman year my experience at GW is like, I hated my sophomore year. It was really tough. And I'm assuming that you have athletes that go through the same thing. Yeah. Did you have that similar sort of wave at Cal? I, I didn't, I don't think, um, because it, that was the 2000 you know, Olympic year. 
Um, and, you know, I'd gone through my freshman year, not, and, and, you know, I had my own aspirations or I had my own, my own thoughts on what, I, what I was going to make the freshman vote and we were going to win. And, um, you know, Craig, Craig disagreed with that. Uh, and, and eventually I proved him wrong and, and made the, made the freshman vote. And we, we won the duel against Washington, won Pac-12s and then got second at the IRA to Brown. Um, so that, that really sort of fed the fire for the next year. Uh, and then, 2000, you know, some of the quote unquote, unquote superstars, Jake Wetzel, Nito, uh, were were gone for to, to trial for the Olympics, um, and so it was really a, a, an open playing field or a level playing field of like who's going to step up into what is going to be a very different boat than the '99 crew that was, you know, Seb Bea and Nito and Jake and 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 Luke was still around, but you know, a lot, a lot of guys had graduated as well. It was a completely different boat. Uh, a completely different team. Um, and I went in as the, the two seat of the freshman eight that wasn't going to do anything uh, and and just slowly worked my way up. And, you know, I think because of the the makeup of that boat being very, you know, on the smaller side, I think our, our crew average was 185 or 187, something like that. And, and I fit well into that very technical, you know, pound for pound kind of, uh, kind of, kind of crew. Um, so that sophomore slump didn't happen with me. And, uh, I stepped from barely making a freshman boat, uh, to, to, to make varsity. And, and you had a, a pretty good success. You know, one thing I wanted to talk, ask you about is as a Canadian 2000 was a very, you know, a competitive year for the eight, right? The Canadian eights trying to do some things. You guys, the, the eight at Canada had a really good run from 2000 all the way up until 2012, 20, 2008. Um, and, but you're an American on America. You're not American. You are on American soil. <laughs> are you ch naturally cheering for Canadians uh, to do well, or because you're in the American system, you sort of? I'd love to know your perspective of where you sat in those years. In, in those years, very, I mean, and still, you know, cheering, cheering for the Canadian team. Obviously, as I've lived here more and and know Mike Tatey well, and, and you know, there's I have a, a, a solid place in my heart for the American team as well. Um, but in those, in those years, very, very uh, ardently uh, patriotic to to Canada. Uh, right. So you um, have you have these you have these really successful years at, at Cal, I think. And and please correct me here. Were you undefeated in all men's rowing in the 0102 era? I uh, so someone has said that I was undefeated while I was at Cal, and that's not correct. Uh, I lost. Uh, San Diego and IRA is my freshman year. We were undefeated in 2000 uh, and 2001. Uh, and then 2002, we lost the duel to Washington, but came back and won Pac-12s in the IRA. So my Got three it. years of varsity, we we lost once. Wow. So you lost once as a varsity, three times total at Cal. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. All right. Well, let's let's fast forward to after you graduate, right? Mm -hmm. You go back to Canada. Yeah, uh, I went to went to Oxford for a year first. And you uh, win the boat race, right? You win yeah, the boat race in in twenty. It's, uh, it's coming up on twenty year anniversary, which is crazy, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, pretty pretty dramatic fashion. What what a what a great you know, call it ten months, nine months. Uh, great group of guys over there. Um, such such close friends. Uh, you know, given that I've even I only spent you know nine or ten months over there. Um, but great, great experience at Oxford. Sean Bowden's a great coach. Um, and yeah, won the boat race by a foot. Uh, I'll call it two feet, but the official ver uh, verdict was a foot. Um, and and then, yeah, back, back into the Canadian team. A after my junior year at Cal, I had been in the, the U23-8 that, that won. 
Um, and then after my senior year, again, in the U23, that, that got second. Uh, so I wasn't a total newcomer to the Canadian team, but but was coming in after my year at Oxford a year to go before Athens, uh, trying to break into that Canadian eight that you just talked about that, that yeah. had been so well. So, okay. So I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm leading into how freaking competitive you are. Um, Cause I, it just, it's, it's absurd. I'm not like, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Like Jesus Christ, I'm getting exhausted thinking about all these years of this training. So you do the, you do the 08 and you do the 12 Olympics, right? So you do two full cycles well, yeah, I mean, came in in 03 to, and, and made the Athens, the eight for Athens. So did, did, uh, 04, eight and 12. 12. Yeah. Yeah. I asked this to Volpe, uh, in my interview with him as like three, you sort of, you'd sort of did two and a half cycles, right? Because you were kind of coming off college in that 02, 03. Yeah. So let's just say two and a half cycles, like with, with some breaks, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be fair. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I basically did 03 through 2008 so five years straight and then i after after beijing i i you know i, I retired for what i thought was i was I, I retired um and two two years later decided to go back and and i had been training for ironman so i was obviously still training but but i went back to rowing for 2011 2012 but like why so you know he he told me he had a point where he was sleeping under a pool table and he's like <laughs> i'm i'm an adult now i can't be doing this anymore this is exhausting like what kept you going all those those months and those weeks of the grind? I know you say you gut it out, but like Jesus, dude, two and a half cycles—it's a lot. It's a lot, you know, especially with some of that being in in the Spraklin system, where you know it's uh, that's a grind, like that—that's a grind. Um, I, I don't know, like that—that's just very clearly what I wanted to do, and and you know, when when people seem torn by, uh, you know, wanting to be an adult, as Volpe said, and, and, and move on and get a job. And this is what they're, I, 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 I had those thoughts, but I just, I, I disregarded them. <laughs> I just, had the, the, you know, who I wanted to be or what my identity was sort of wrapped around was this pursuit of, of winning the Olympics. And, and we didn't, uh, but, you know, we had, we had a good run and, um, and yeah, I don't know. I was I was always and, and still am in a different role now, completely unapologetic about this is what I want to be. And and you know, when people talk about oh, the sacrifice of being an Olympic athlete or the sacrifice, like it was never a sacrifice to me. Like I, I didn't care about the parties or the weddings or the whatever else that I missed because this the, this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm, you know, everything that I that I am is charging towards this one goal and 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 if you don't like it, I don't care. <laughs> do you, do you, have you accepted that you haven't won the Olympics, that you never reached that goal, that identity that you wanted? to? I uh, know about it's still, you know, it still bothers me. And that's, that's, you know, yeah, it still bothers me. Um, you know, I, I think what gives me peace in that is that I did absolutely everything that I, that I could, you know, there was no corners rounded off or no, no shortcuts taken. And, and, um, you know, wish, wish I'd, done a uh, made, made a few different little decisions or said different things or you know that that's that's hindsight and and it's easy to think uh that if i were in this boat and i was obviously faster than this guy then maybe then maybe we would but that's that's there's it's no the past difference. yeah it's the past so um I'm, I'm proud of of my athletic growing career for sure and and um and that you know but that slight dissatisfaction of not achieving the end goal obviously still still drives me now so you're let's get into my first topic and that is <laughs> you are 
seriously competitive. You obviously, you answer my question that you're unapologetic of who you are and, and, and it still bothers you a little bit, right? It's still in you. So I, I own a business. I have employees here in the shop and, and I'm the leader of a team, right? And they feel my energy. They, they get behind this goal. You have what, 60 guys, maybe 70 people, men and women on your team, coxswains included, yep. that feel your drive. So, so how much of your competitiveness bleeds into the team and, and do you notice it? Absolutely. Uh, and, and sort of the, the, the term I've kind of come to describe it is, is that, you know, it's an energy exchange between coach and, and athletes. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, as I, as I mature, maybe a little bit, I, I can understand that not everybody um, is like, is like me in terms of, you know, that, that incessant or, or un, unrelenting drive. Um, you know, but we still have some like the top guys on my team, even the middle guys on my team, I, th I think are, are trying to learn how to, how to be that. Uh, and, and some of the bottom guys, you know, they're, they're, they're right there too. Uh, so I, I think the team definitely feeds off of the energy I bring every day and, and the, the insistence on sort of approaching everything with a bit of an edge. Um, and, and, you know, also in that, I think I need to know when to uh when to pull that back a little bit and and be the coach of of a, of a college team that is still you know in that learning process of, of how to how to how to how to how to be that person how to be that athlete because it was a learning process for me and I can't just expect everybody to be that 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 sort of Olympic athlete version of myself when I know that I wasn't that when I was, you know, a freshman growing for Craig Amerconian back in 98, 99. So it's a learning process, but, but yeah, to answer your original question, um, I feed off them and they feed off me. You've been around, you've been around some, you know, pretty impressive coaches in your, in your day, um, going back to Brentwood, right? It was Brentwood in, in Canada. So can you, how closely related are, or which coach are you closely related to with that energy exchange out of all the coaches, like which one brought you that, that, that feeling or that, that moment? It's really a mix. I got, as you were, as you were asking that question, I, I bounced from, from Gladstone to Craig, to Terry Paul, my Canadian coach to Tony. Like, it, it really is such a, a, a mosaic or a mix of yeah, high school was, was Tony Carr. Freshman was, was, Craig Amerconian and Steve Gladstone, Sean Bowden, Mike Spracklin, uh, uh, Terry Paul, uh, all my time with Mike Tatey. Like it's really, it's really a mix of of all the good things of those people, the, you know, and and avoiding the bad things of those of, of some of those coaches and uh, or the faults. Um, and it, it's a it's a it's a mix of all of that philosophy and, and approach uh, and workouts. You know, I pull workouts from all of those different coaches and. Um, and then, you know, I also don't feel like I've, I've got to stick to this set structure. You know, it, it's, it's got to be fluid and it's got to be, you know, authentic or, or, or genuinely me. Um, so I don't feel like I've got to jump in and, and, and be this, you know, I don't know, Steve Gladstone head coach, because he's, he's been figuring out what that is for the last 40 years. Um, and so, and I think when you try to Try to be somebody like that 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 you you aren't yet, or, or or that you're still figuring that out. That it comes across across as, as as disingenuine and 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 it doesn't it doesn't land well with with your group. So you're you uh, I'm going out on a limb here. I think you're an obsessive person. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. What, what about what coaching aspect are you most obsessed about? So your job, your day to day, you're, you know, you're up at five in the morning, you're up, you're, you're up till midnight, you know, focusing work. What are you most obsessed about in your career and your job at Cal? I, I think it has to be the full picture of the program. And, and if you're going to, you know, I think lead, lead into, there's a couple programs that have been, have been winning lately. I, I think if, for me, running all aspects of the program, that's obviously coaching. That's the fun bit, you know, the training program, um, checking in on, on pretty key athletes regularly, uh, recruiting, fundraising, relationships on campus with the athletic department, um, relationships with admissions. You know, th there's, there's so many, I, I joke that coaching, you know, you get into coaching, you think you're going to spend all your time in the coaching launch and like really delve into rowing. And um, I need to make time to do that, obviously, but that's about 10% of my job. You know, the, the rest of it is, is all the different aspects of, of, of running an elite program, hopefully. Uh, and, and, you know, 90% of it, the, the guys on my team have no idea about uh with with all the other details that go into making sure when we're on the water that's that's productive and 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 effective and and, and working us towards winning a national championship um but there's so much else that that goes into um you know the program i, I mean it's a good question it's a good answer you know the, the, the whole picture uh it and 10 percent is only really dedicated to on the water I mean, yeah I, yeah I, that's then, as the head coach that's true well, and, and that obsessive personality that you reference, and 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 like it, I'm, I sit on the couch, sure, and and uh, and I think about, okay, shit, did we do, did we do this with this recruit? Did we do, or this, has this guy signed up for classes yet? Or like, it is, it is obsessive, and there's you know sixty plus guys on the team, and um, you know I I have to be careful to recharge that energy, as I said, you know that that, that you know it's an energy exchange, and if I um, if I, if I just like empty myself all the time, then, then I'm, I'm going to get pretty fatigued. Uh, so I, I, I need to do a better job of, of not being obsessive, you know, at nine o'clock on at, at night on, on the couch when everybody else can figure out their own stuff for, for an hour or two. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't do a ton of research. Do you have a family? Like, do you have, uh, yeah. uh you know, obviously wife Tannis and, and then uh five-year-old boy Owen and, and three-year-old girl, Amelia. Um, so yeah, nice, nice little family out in, uh, Danville, which is about half an hour away from Berkeley. Um, so my commute in, in the morning is about half hour and then back in the evening, 45 minutes or so. Well, let me, let me touch on something. I bring this up because, um, you, you talk to most, I say you, the general, you talk to most coaches in rowing or people in the sport who are so obsessed with the sport. They tend to be on their second or third marriage. They, uh, <laughs> it's the truth. I'm not, and I'm not saying I'm not I'm hyperbole. I'm not, this is the fact, right? Yeah. So how much, how much buy-in do you have from your family on your job? Because like you could do this all day, every day, 24 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I have complete buy-in from, from my lovely wife, Tannis. Um, I mean, she, she got to know me when I was that obsessive athlete uh, and, and, this lifestyle or this mindset is is no different. Um, it's probably a little bit less intense, uh, which I'm sure she enjoys. Um, it's a little bit less intense um, in terms of, I mean, I'm I'm obsessive, but but um, there's some there's some space for some fun, uh, and but no, I, I I think if if you're trying to 
figure out a marriage with someone who doesn't understand the lifestyle and doesn't buy into, you know, you pursuing that dream, it's going to be really hard. Um, so I'll, I'll credit a lot of that to uh, Tannis's personality. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to skip around here for a second, but you just said pursuing your dream. Uh, one would argue that you just, you just reached your dream. You just won the IRA. So what is the Scott Franzen dream? Um, to win a gold medal in the Olympics. I mean, it's, <laughs> our, it's like too far back, man. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the, the dream shifts. Um, and it's, it's now to, to, to lead this program for, you know, hopefully at this level, um, for, for as long as I can, you know, I, I see the, or I, yeah, I, I feel that, that honor and that, that weight of, of being in charge of a program that totally changed my life. Uh, and, and also see the, you know, the history of, of Kai Bright and Jim Lemon, uh, and Steve Gladstone and, and a bunch of other coaches that came in between, um, and now my name's on the door uh, of the coach's office, not the boathouse, <laughs> um, and, and want to want to continue that legacy um, and and improve it. Uh, you know, we're always always trying to improve it. Um, so that's that's the dream now. Um, if I can earn the the right, earn the honor to be the coach here for the next twenty years, like that's this is this is my dream uh, for sure. Now I'm I'm. I, f I feel very lucky. I feel the pressure for sure, but I feel very lucky to be, you know, genuinely pursuing a passion and in the one job in the world that, that I, that I want. I appreciate that. Um, you said the name of the boathouse. I'm going to tell you a little uh, funny thing about me when I first started coaching. Um, and I, and I, and I stopped, hung up the whistle a long time ago, <laughs> the, the megaphone, uh, <laughs> I did it with high school level. I was obsessed selfishly. I wanted to be named. I wanted my name on a boat. And yeah. I was like, man, I want to, I want to change this program so much. And that's a selfish thing. And I knew now going back, it was like, that was the wrong pursuit. How cool would it be to have the Scott friends and name on the boathouse though? Huh? Like how great would that be? I, 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 I get the legacy bit of that. And, but, but no, there, there have been, uh, builders of of this program that have that, that that are the reason that we are where we are without gary rogers we don't have the program that we have gary gary led that uh for the last 30 40 years and now you know the rogers family and andy rogers are, are continuing that without them you know we, we don't have the program we're even close um so and other alums have stepped in and followed that that example and um you know, a hundred years from now, the name on the boathouse should still be T. Gary Rogers. Oh, uh, you know, and and it's not, it's not just fluffy words to say like this isn't about me. It's not like it's about setting up this this experience and 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 making sure or ensuring that this that this experience is what it was for me. Um, and for the 60 guys or so on the team every, every year. Um, and yeah, winning races is, is the, the target, is the goal. But that, that experience, while also pursuing academics, you know, our, our team is, is crushing it academically as well. Uh, we've won the award for top men team, men's team at, at Cal last five years, uh, team GPA of like a 3-4 or 3-5. Wow. Um, so these guys from all over the world are, are pursuing you know, academics at, at the highest level and, and winning national championships. And, and then the life, life lessons learned through that struggle or through those challenges. Um, like that's what this is all about. Uh, and, and my legacy is not 
it's not the banners on, on the ceiling or the pictures on the wall. It's it's the hopefully the lives impacted, uh, you know, along the way in, in, a, in a very positive way. Um, so that's that's the challenge. I mean, the goal, the stated goal, the, the objective every day has to be the pursuit of winning, because um, I think the experience is very different. Um, if all of a sudden that pursuit is to do as well as you can or to try to make the final, like, I, I think you learn a lot more about yourself uh, and about your teammates uh, in that pursuit of, of winning. Well, this is a good transition. <laughs> it is. <laughs> because I, I, I see the comparison of Gladstone and you. So Gladstone, uh, you know, a week, week or two ago when I did the interview, um, made it very apparent that the experience was within the athletes. It was never about him, right? And and yeah. he's uh, he rightfully so he could be the most egotistical man in rowing. I mean, the guy's <laughs> done it all, right? So there, there's there. I do see the comparison. So my 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 question is, um, as I already mentioned earlier, is the '98 2000 Cal team. What are the differences between that team and what you see today in 2022? I mean, at the core of it, it's very similar. Right. And, and as, as Steve probably said, and he said to, you know, our group a lot, and I say to our, my group a lot is, you know, it's, it's about getting, and this is what, you know, touching on what we talked about earlier, this is what Craig was very good at, at doing. And, and Sam Baum, uh, I think followed, you know, for Steve at Yale and then with me here, um, recruiting top athletes from all across the U S and all around the world that, that love it. And, and, and don't have to have the, the energy or the motivation driven by the coaches or, or athletes around them. If you get a group of guys that love the sport of rowing, love working hard, are, are you know, selfless or, or at least don't have um, what I call a disruptive ego, uh, like you need a little ego, you need a little confidence, but you need it within the framework of a team. Um, you get a group of guys like that. Um, then yeah, my job is to lead that energy and to lead lead the you know lead the training and, and lead it. But um, you know back then, you had me, you had Luke Walton, you had Jake Wetzel, you had Nito, you had Malad, and you had like you had guys that that wanted to win and and weren't weren't afraid of of driving everything towards that. Uh, and and now you know I've got Angus Angus Dawson, Ollie McLean, Tim Roth, Gennaro Demaro, like got Fred Roper, uh, guys all the way all the way down through the group that like, I I don't have to. I mean I still do sometimes, but I I'm not leading I'm not leading this. They are, uh, and and um, you know it's their time as as Steve used to say, and and I I do as well now. It's their time, and and, and they can decide. It's up to them to decide what they want this to be, and. Um, when you have the right guys in in those leadership positions, or or just you know driving the group, that that's what that's what defines the group. And so the you know differences or similarities, it's it's really it's really similar, uh, and and can never take that for granted. Um, always need to be checking in and and sort of guiding from from the side. Uh, but th those guys, um, you know, in '99 and now are 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 deciding what this is going to be for them. Who wins in a race? The 99 2000 crew or the 2022 crew? Who wins? <laughs> the argument has always been between 99 2001 and 02 and you know Jake has a different view on that. I have a different view on that. Um I I, I think last year's varsity beats them all. And you know not even that, close. Well, no, I mean it's close. It's it's obviously close, but no I think I think last year's varsity the what 2022 varsity was uh, absolutely an exceptional boat and 
and performed and and um yeah defended exactly who they wanted to be or 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 asserted who they wanted to be every single time they were they were challenged uh and it it was it was an honor to be a part of uh and and so sometimes it's just a, a spectacle to sort of watch and just be like wow that's that's a really 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 good boat it's 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 most rowers will always love watching a good crew right like there's nothing in my mind sexier than an eight clip and just going, man, gun it. Yeah. I, you, you, you said something that I've never heard before and that is disruptive ego. Can you please tell me what that looks like? And the listeners that are, are tuning in, like as a coach, what does a disruptive ego look like on a rowing program? Uh, I mean, I think it's just someone who thinks that they're better than the team or better than the crew or, or too good for it or, um, or, or doesn't, doesn't understand um, the, the the little things that go into how you deliver a frustration or 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 a thought. You know, if you get into a boat and uh, the, the the example I always give is in this last year is that it, it would have been so easy for Gennaro uh, to come into this program um, having just raced a single at the Olympics as a 19 year old, and and to to be a little bit above it or or to think, hey, like. I mean, when we're in mixed boats, we're doing three mixed lineups or four mixed lineups. <clears throat> yeah, this isn't really at my level, uh, and and to shut off a little bit. Um, oh, and then the same can be said for for a lot of my a lot of my top guys. That, but but and 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 instead, the the response was like, how do we make the team better? And okay, maybe that's a little peppy for it, but um, it's like okay, I you know I I had a meeting with with Tim. Tim Roth uh, and, and Gennaro, you know, about a month into the experience and, uh, you know, the open question of how, how's it going? How, how's the team? How, how's this whole experience going for you so far? And, and the response from both of them was, I'm just so happy to be here. This is the best decision I've ever made. And, and when that's the attitude coming from, from some of your top guys, like then you have the chance to have a, a, a good team. Uh, and so that, that lack of, you know, disruptive ego of going in and, and, and being, being cranky or, or, or being too good for it. Cause guys feel that right. And all of a sudden they, they don't feel like you're on the same team or, or that you're actually in this together. And, and that was the message last year. And it wasn't sort of, again, fluff. It was, and this is a full team effort from, from top to bottom varsity through sixth varsity. Like this is a full team effort and we're going to line up against anyone and, 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 and back ourselves to win. Um, so I, I, I genuinely do think that the varsity winning was was a result of 60 guys, you know, plus or minus all pushing towards that that one singular goal. And and we don't have anyone that's like way off the pace, you know, and, and we have in past years. And that's just part of having a large team. Um, but, I, you know, I think we've worked really hard to to hey, say, hey, like, I, I want to have a big team because I think this experience uh, matters and this experience can can impact guys, you know, from top to bottom. But you know everyone has to be pursuing academics and and rowing, uh, and and everyone has to be sort of finding that that full pressure or finding that that intensity every single day. And that means you know bottom guys can't be way off on the earth. Bottom guys can't be um, you know missing practice. Obviously, like there's the 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 standard in our six varsity is the best it's ever been, like by a significant margin. 
Um, so that I think all, all 60, 60 guys really feel like we're, we're in this together and there's that group mentality and, and obviously that produces some fast boats at the top. I so that's, ask. sorry, you, you asked a long time ago, you asked the difference between 99 and, and, and now, and yeah. I think that's it. The, 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 the difference from top the to depth. bottom was, yeah, the depth, the, the, the quality of the depth. We didn't, we didn't have that uh in 2000 and and you know a little bit more in 01 and 02 but 2000 in the varsity program okay that back then you had a freshman group that was very strong with Mike Wallen and Jeff Nolte and, and that group uh but in the varsity we had two and a half eights like the varsity four the IRA was the four guys that were that were left <laughs> uh you know now uh now we have six we have seven eights of guys you know, I, I don't want to like, man, I can go so many different directions. Uh, I really do want to stick to my plan. And I don't like to be, <laughs> I don't like the podcast interview to be more than an hour. Uh, Cause I think we lose the audience at that point. Um, yeah. But you know, I, okay. So then I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get into that. Um, I, Cause I got, you know, I got a million questions when you start talking like that. I'm like, well, well yeah. all right. But I do want to point out, and this is a deeper question because this is the future of collegiate rowing. Um, mm-hmm. I want to first state that when I look at Gladstone, Tatey, you, Mike Gennaro, I, I look at this like Bill Parcells, Belichick combination. I look at the NFL because it's the most relatable thing to me and what I know and what I followed is there's only three coaches at the highest level in NFL that has spawned dozens and dozens of head coaches. Um, but in the last 14 years, Scott, there's only been three teams to win the IRA. Mm-hmm. Going back to 08, my senior year, Wisconsin won it. And some say it was on a fluke, right? Yeah. I don't want to like all the guys, Chris Clark and all the guys at hey. Wisconsin. Hey, listen, they had a hell of a race. And, and I am very close with half those guys in that boat. Um, but holy cow, four head coaches, right? You, Callahan, Tatey, and Gladstone. Mm-hmm. 14 years, three teams. First question is someone at that elite level, and I'm going to be joking with this, and this is a this is a joke, Scott. Is do you guys have like a secret handshake? <laughs> is there like, do you guys go in a room, drink wild turkey, and smoke cigars? Like, what is there? A, is there a camaraderie among that group? Um, yeah, I think there is. I mean, I think there's there's definitely a, a respect. Um, and, and then a camaraderie with, with most of the group, uh, for, for, for sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I think we're all trying to push our programs forward and, and, and do it in our, in our own way. Um, and, 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 but you're right. I think, you know, over the last 30, even 40 years, there, there's been, you know, a very select number of programs that, that are competitive to win every year. You know, and when we're we're in that group, but but like you know, zero complacency about like you know about being in that group. That that is a a yearly pursuit um, to to make sure you're you're in the mix. Uh, and 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 I think there's a very distinct difference there. You know, if you're if you're in the mix to win every year, you're going to get first sometimes. You're going to get third sometimes. You're going to get fourth sometimes. But you're you're in the mix every year, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to win a, a few of them. Um, and so that's, that's the goal to start every year is to progress through the fall and the winter and, and feel like we're, 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 we're in the mix. 
Um, and then as we get into lineups, because because even you know we just talked about the depth, and I and I think the depth, our depth through three eights or four eights, okay, six eights, yes, but like the the quality of our four mixed eights is is the best that's ever been this year. That doesn't necessarily mean that that our a top lineup is going to kind of click and 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 have that magic that it that it needs. So so you can progress through the fall and the winter being happy about where the depth is and where the training is and knowing that okay this is working you towards being in the mix for the spring but 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 you know you don't know if if that lineup's going to come together and and you're going to progress through the spring you know in major injury free or covid free or you know that was part of last year and you know, I've said this before, but I, I I feel like as we got into the sorry, going off on a tangent here, but getting no, you're, you're 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 bringing something up. Let me let me let me let me jump in here. So, um, I, I you know it's it's been a long time. I still race. I'm competing. I'm racing um, every every chance I get. But thinking as a collegiate athlete and sort of touching on what you said about it's more about their experience. I don't think the most college athletes care that Cal Washington or. Uh, you know, Harvard or, or whomever Yale is winning year after year. I, I never cared. Like I knew that GW, I wasn't going to win. I really love the experience. It was more the coach that it, that it mattered the most, right? It's right. the coach is like, God damn, we're not going to win. You know, what, what the hell are they doing? It's so unfair. It's so unfair that it's the same three or four schools that are winning. Quite frankly, I don't, I don't think most athletes don't really care. I, I, I personally, I mean, I, I knew that I was in the pecking order in a certain area and I knew I would never win. I knew I'd always hand yeah. my shirt off to the six foot <laughs> five giant. I knew that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, but I guess my, my question for you would be, um, what, 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 what would you like to see happen for the future of, of collegiate rowing, men's rowing? There's a lot of programs have, have gone away. Uh, there's, there's an argument that there should be more uh, divisions, right? There should be more conferences so that certain programs could win more, uh, have it look like it's winning. Uh, I love your opinion on what the future should be like. Yeah. And, and I guess first, I, I think the depth of competition has, has increased or improved significantly since, since my time uh, racing at Cal. Okay. The top three ish programs are still winning most of the time. Um, but that depth through, you know, the 10 crews that could make the final, like the, the semifinal in, you know, 99 or 2000 or 01, it, it was pretty comfortable, you know, for, for me, okay. racing Cal to make the final. Now, these days or these years, like semifinals are intense and they're going into it. There's probably 10 crews that could make the final. So I, I think that says a lot about the depth of say the top 10, top 12 programs. So, you know, my, my hope, and I think that's, that's a, a byproduct of getting good coaches into those programs and, and, those coaches being somewhat obsessive, as we talked about earlier, yeah, with yeah, all yeah, the yeah. details of running the program, you know, and that, so I, I think those, that, that top group is, is, is seeing more parity, I guess, or more competitiveness. Um, but you're right. You know, we're, we are losing a mid to smaller range program pretty much on average every one a year or so. Uh, you know, I think we're at 72 or 73 now across div one, two, and three. Um, just lost FIT, you know, lost Stanford last year, and then they were or two years ago, and then they were brought back GW, um, you know, and I think a lot of a lot of that is, you know, athletic directors, as they look at the collegiate sport landscape going forward, uh, men's rowing not being an NCAA sport. They're not really sure what men's rowing or men's crew is. And, you know, they like they have the program because of they have, they have supportive alums or because of the history of, of the program, but 
when when push comes to shove and, and they have that that cutting conversation, um, men's rowing's typically at the, the top of that conversation because because we're not in the NCAA or or, or because we are this athletic directors see rowing as as this peripheral sport. I don't believe it is, you know, passionately I don't believe it is. Sure. Um, but but a lot of athletic directors don't understand what it is. Um, so, you know, there has been this PAC 12 proposal to, to push men's rowing into the NCAA so that, you know, it's at the table with, with men's and women's swimming, men's and women's soccer, men's and like all the other men's and women's Olympic sports, um, so that it's men's and women's rowing, uh, at, at that table with, you know, included, included in, in, in those conversations. So, uh, that proposal is is you know it's been four years five years of of, of work so uh, add that to all the other details of running the program, <laughs> uh, you know it, it's it, that proposal is through all levels of of the Pac-12 and and thank you to a lot of people that have helped um, push that to to where it is. Um, my athletic director Jim Knowlton has been huge. Jimmy, Jimmy Simon O'Neill, my my sports supervisor, has been has been huge. Um, other other coaches, you know, Chris Clark is very supportive of it. Craig Amicron has started this long, long, you know, 20 years ago. Wow. Um, so other people have have put a lot of effort in, and there's a lot of other programs and, and ADs that are that are interested in, in co-sponsoring it. Um uh so it's through every level of the Pac-12, um, which was like five different levels, uh, and and sort of poised to be um brought to the NCAA when when the timing is right. Uh and NCAA has been going through a whole uh, restructuring transformational committee is is now due to come out with their their plan or their restructuring in the next month or two. It was supposed to be a year ago, uh, but now it's it's coming up. Um, and sort of waiting to see what's going on with with the NCAA and 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 when 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 best it will be to to bring it forward to a, an NCAA vote. So do you think that makes it? Do you think that makes? Do you think that makes it? Uh, do you think that makes the rowing experience better for the athletes? And does it, does it make it harder to win the championship if, if this goes through and, and is passed? I, first, I think, yeah, it, yes. Does it make a student athlete experience better? I, I never felt like a second-class citizen. I didn't really care about who got the t-shirt or the hat. Like I, I just didn't, but I think across our 73 or 70, whatever, 74 programs, um, you know, there's there there are very clear in very clear instances where all these other sports get something and men's rowing doesn't because it's not NCAA. I mean, I have a few examples even from this last couple of weeks. Um, you know, minor, but it, it it does lead to the student athlete experience being somewhat secondary or 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 you know a second class citizen. Um, so I I think being in the NCAA will 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 help that. Uh, and then in terms of like how that restructures conferences or or the championship, yeah, lot, lots to be figured out there. Uh, I think we have a framework for for what would work uh, and and getting U.S. rowing involved, and 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 they're they're eager to uh, to do so to to co-sponsor with the eventual championship um, and and have you know lightweight lightweight events and and so have 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 no negatives come from this um, have have lightweight rowing. Uh, obviously continue at, at, at the championship level and, and, and try to have it be our large tent, you know, protecting everybody. Um, Cause really that, that, that's, this is not, there's no advantage to Cal in this pursuit uh, or in this proposal. It, this is to try to protect all of our programs so that, you know, we're, we're not 
men's gymnastics that 30 years ago had 80 programs, 82 programs, and now have 13 that have just expanded to 15. Um, you know, we, we're, we're trying to, to, to stop that, that slow shipping away of, of our programs where all of a sudden we're at 40 or 20. Um, you know, I don't think Cal or Washington or, or Princeton, Harvard, Yale are ever, are ever going to get cut, hopefully, you know, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> so it is, it, it, it is the GWs or the FITs or, or, you yeah, know, these middle, whoever's next. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, okay. I got two, 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 two final questions. Um, when Steve announced his retirement, uh, but not really retired, like he's going to be around, you know, everyone knows he's going to be around. Uh, what was, what was your reaction? Uh, you know, what, what, what was your reaction hearing, hearing about that? Uh, I mean, I, I, I knew, but you know, if, you know, in of fairness, course you did because you guys smoke cigars and have wild Turkey. Of course. No, you I mean, Steve and I, I, I have a great relationship with Steve and, and I, you know, we'll, we'll talk once a month or so. He's been a great friend and mentor, uh, of mine for, you know, 25 years now, 20, whatever, 20 years now. Uh, and, and probably even more so now that, you know, once I stepped into the head, head coaching role here. Um, so, I mean, Steve's been saying two more years, two more years for about eight years. Wow. <laughs> so the only, you know, and he, he told me, uh, you know, around the IRA last year that this was likely going to be his last year. And so for it to be official, okay. Um, that's, that's something different, but um, you know, Steve's going to be around. Steve's not going anywhere. Uh, and, and I think it's, I think Mike's earned that that job, and and I'm really excited for Mike. And as soon as I heard, you know, I I called Mike and said congrats. And um, yeah, I'm excited for I'm excited for him to to step into that that role. And uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge, uh, but that's that's the challenge that that I wanted and that that Mike wants, and um, is to to try to take a a top program and, and keep it keep it at the top. All right, last question for you, uh, Scott. Uh, yeah, you done the boat race. You did the dual uh, Olympics. Um, you've coached the IRA championship. What is your absolute favorite race in all of your experiences? Can you think of like, because I'm, assuming, I'm assuming you're super nervous for the IRA, right? I'm assuming you were on the banks, like crazy nervous. Most coaches tell me who were at the highest level said, I'm more nervous as a coach than I, uh, than I was as an athlete. Okay. Sure. So yeah. let's, you know, I want to know, like, what was your favorite race? What was your favorite experience? What has been the thing they're like, Ooh, love it. Never forget it. It's impossible to narrow it down. Um, they give me like two, give me two, give me two. Okay. As an, as an athlete, uh, our, our race in Lucerne, uh, world eight, 2008 world cup. We kind of came out of nowhere. Dave and I first race in the pair really. And, and, and beat, beat every, we, we won, uh, in, 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 in fairly, all right. So, 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 so for people listening, who was your pair partner in 08? Yeah. D Dave Calder, uh, also went to Brentwood, uh, then went to Washington, uh, and, and he and I raced the pair in, in Beijing and, and in London. Um, but our sort of coming out party, uh, was Lucerne, the world cup, um, about three months, two months before Beijing, uh, when, and how much of a margin did you win by? Uh, only about half a length in the end, but we had two and a half lengths at the thousand. Uh, wow. the commentators were tearing us apart saying we were rowing short, you know, and some comment about like, France is not a particularly tall man to begin with or anyway, and throwing <laughs> half, like, meanwhile, we're two lengths ahead and like just, just the, you know, awesome, awesome, you know, perfect race. So, 
that's that's my sort of best race as an athlete. Uh, I think we had a, a great race in, in 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 Beijing in the final against the Aussies, but um, Lucerne was was the one that sticks in your heart. Uh, and and then you know as as a coach, uh, toss up. You know it has to be the IRA. Uh, I, I would the toss up is between the the Washington duel, where I, I was I was pretty confident we would we, we were going to be fast and have a good chance to win, but. Uh, the way that the guys went out and did it was 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 pretty pretty inspiring, um, uh, but yeah, the, the IRA final. And, and as you said, yeah, you're more nervous as a coach. But I, yeah, as I started to get into before, the nerves were almost gone because I was so confident that the guys were going to go out and execute, uh, and and also that I felt my responsibility through the spring was to get them to this point where they could shove and go and race. And avoid injury, avoid COVID, and like avoid any sort of last-minute disaster. Uh, and as we got to Friday and Saturday and Sunday of the IRA, I just felt this weight of nerves and stress just lifting off my shoulders. And when they when they went out to warm up for the final, it was like, yeah, I was nervous. I'm not going to say it wasn't nervous, but it wasn't this crushing weight of nerves. It was a, okay, are they going to go and do what they're capable of? You know, and as they pushed out ahead in that second 500 you know then then the nerves were were dissipating even more but still pacing back and forth pacing and in the commentary fred shock says you're gonna be able to take this one home like 600 meters to go like hold on fred <laughs> we're not there yet um, i remember i remember watching it um you know okay so you, you i love having conversations like this because it, it 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 breeds so much uh enthusiasm for the sport it, it also puts a perspective of like a different perspective. So you said, you've said this multiple times and I love it, the exchange of energy. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the prep. I love these guys. These guys have had a couple of years of really successful time. I had asked John Fife, what was it like talking to the guys as they're launching their crew for the national championship? And, and he said, guys are emotional. They were crying. It's a yeah. culmination of so many things. Can you just, as we finish up here, can you put us in the huddle right before you launch your crew, what was said, what was the energy, what was that moment like for Cal and, and the Cal Bears then? I think that's been a huge shift in my approach, even in the last four years, five years, from like a rallying, like, like, like a Craig Imerconian, like, you're going to go into battle. Uh, and, and for me, understanding that a spike in energy and emotion and having them, you know, winding them up to this sort of emotional peak 45 minutes before the race uh, doesn't do them any good. Um, and, and, and so it's, it, the shift for me has been very much more down to like the, the business of it. Like, okay, what's the plan? Okay. This, you know, these three or four very simple things, more of a conversation with the coxswain of like, okay, these are the things that I want you to watch for. These are the things like this is going to be, the, the crux of the race um, and, and, and sending them on the water to work their way up emotionally. I mean, it's the IRA finalist. It's, it's the peak of the year. I'm not, I don't have to tell these guys to get emotional about it. Um, you know, if it's high school JV racing then, or, or high school, you know, not to like, if it's, if it's a lower level, then yeah, you gotta, you gotta get them going. These guys are professionals. Um, they know what to do. And, and it's more making sure that they're, they're all focused in on the same things together um and and yeah that's been a big shift for for me to to not feel like 
I need to go in and like say this motivational. No, I, I need to go in and tell them that the three or four things that they need to do and 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 keep it level headed and 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 have the crescendo be attention go and then and then go. You know, I just got I'm getting chill, Scott. Yeah. What a way to end. <laughs> what a way to end is probably well, anyway. Look, man, Scott, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time here. I had a blast learning about you and the 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 future of Cal. I mean, this is incredible. So everyone tuning in, um, this is, this is episode three. So you've already, you've already heard from, uh, Steve Gladstone. You've already heard from Mike Gennaro. Now we got the Cal there's got Scott, Scott friends and more of this throughout the rest of the winter. Uh, Scott, thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, y'all. Thank you.